0: Welcome to The Waves, Sleet's podcast about gender, feminism, and it's Britney Bench. Crazy. The concept is like taking place at a school. It was kind of my idea also, and it takes place at a school, and the kids can't wait to get the out. pop star school. shaved her own head Friday. Spears showed up at a San Fernando Valley salon requesting the hairless do, the salon owner said she tried to talk her out of it, but Spears insisted on shaving her head. After her main event... Spears, we thought they could be dead by British now, but they have both resurrected their career, and the public has forgiven them, because well, even recently, at 16, Britney's Britney shaking Spears, her so who's more of a cautionary tale. Despite provocative videos playing to the schoolgirl fetishes of dirty old men,
1: Justin Timberlake has apologized to Britney
0: Spears after a new documentary led to criticism of how he treated her during and after their relationship. He also apologized to Janet Jackson.
1: And the woman got good care. Britney's alive because of it. There's very few celebrities have that kind of enlightened people around Britney
0: Spears devastated
1: by the fact her sons have not seen or spoken to her in six months. Leave Britney alone!
0: Every episode, you get a new pair of women to talk about the thing we just can't get off our minds. And today, you've got me, Nicole Lewis, former senior editor at Slate.
1: And me, Daisy Rosario, senior supervising producer of audio here at Slate.
0: Britney Spears is newly released from her conservatorship. And for the first time in what feels like decades, she's speaking up and openly about her experiences And of course, her family is really not happy about that. So this family feud right now is playing out very, very publicly. It's playing out in news outlets. It's playing out on the Australian version of 60 Minutes and on Instagram. And so all of this very public back and forth has kind of left me feeling like we've really come full circle to that moment from before Britney Spears was sequestered by her father. I watched all of this when I was a teenager. This was happening to her when she was much younger. And so we've, we've all grown up. And being a grown woman, kind of looking back on her treatment as a young pop star and her treatment today has brought up all these sort of new thoughts and complexities about, you know, her past and present situation. And I just felt like we, we really had to unpack this. So Daisy, why did you want to talk about it?
1: I just feel like I've been watching Britney Spears from the jump, right? Like, we're literally born the same year. I, you know, kind of watched as she came in and, you know, became this massive pop star. Like, her, you know, debut single, Hit Me Baby One More Time, was like legit massive. Like, I was the right age for TRL and all those things. I wasn't a really big Britney fan. I was uh, kind of personally annoyed at the fact that pop music and pop groups were coming back in in like such a big way but I really saw this at all of the different points like I even was living in Los Angeles kind of when a lot of the paparazzi stuff was happening I remember when people like Perez Hilton were becoming very popular online like so it just feels to me like this has been happening throughout and it's something that has made me uncomfortable with everything that's going on as someone who does still follow her and has actually come around to really like and respect her as a pop star. Um, And just a human who has watched what she's gone through. It's it also really interests me to have this conversation because I'm someone who thinks a lot about trauma and the way that trauma affects us. You know, I have a background in health and science reporting, Um, looking at trauma and toxic stress was a lot of focus of what I did over the years. And You know, those two things, even though this is popular culture based, like those two things have always felt related to me. I can't help but think of those things when I watch so much of this situation.
0: On this first segment, we're going to reflect on Britney's past before the conservatorship and how media mothering and mental health have all really been weaponized against her. Hey, Waves listeners, if you're loving the show and want to hear more, subscribe to our feed. New episodes come out every Thursday morning. And while you're there, check out our other episodes, too, like last week's episode about how to live with your partner's PTSD. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're here to talk about Britney Spears, mental health, motherhood, media, probably many more things. But Daisy, can you... Can you remind us about what was going on all those years ago? What do you remember? I mean, late night talk shows, she was the
1: punchline for a very significant time.
0: I think everybody always thought you had a different relationship to young girls. Everyone now, they look back and they're like, what happened to your sweet image that you used to be? And I'm like, then when I came out, you thought I was too provocative. It's like you can never win. No matter what you do, at the end of the day, you can't please everybody.
1: This is where I think the fact that I I am literally like the same age as her plays into it for me because I don't think I had like deeply critical thoughts at the time, but I remember thinking stuff like, well, at that age, I go to clubs, too. It's just like nobody's watching everything I'm doing and also everything that she was doing that. Everything that she did that kind of, you know, in some ways maybe played against this like good girl image because she was like the super hot girl next door. Right. Like that was kind of the way that she had really been marketed. So it also became like, oh, she's she's going and doing these things that betray her image. And it's like, well, maybe they betray her image, but they're completely normal for someone her age.
0: It's not just that she's a young person, right? She's a young woman. She's a young girl. She's a young southerner. She's a young blonde woman. Like there are real societal expectations. And you kind of mentioned this, but it it reminds me of like, this was the era of like the purity ball, right? Like this was the era of like virgin. Do you remember that? Oh my that goodness, like
1: yes. right?
0: That, right that virginity oh, too well. and purity and like our fathers having an outsized role in all of that creepy, right? This was that same era and Britney Spears was like the peak female pop star at the time and so it's just this sort of like tension and this um you know this like cognitive dissonance of the early Early two thousands, we were clearly not comfortable and not ready to grapple with female sexuality and female empowerment and you know teenage sexuality at at that time. We just did not have right, the tools, the skills, the language. I wonder if we've even come far enough now. I kind of think that things have changed a little bit, but you know, Britney Spears was really the testing ground for how far maybe could we go. And I think you know, you started. And maybe this is the next thing that we should head towards, but talking about the breakdown. And I just think, you know, listening to you reflect on all of it, that I'm like, it's so clear to me that all of the overexposure, that all of the expectation, the framing of her as as supposed to be this sort of virginal, saving herself for marriage, you know, kind of woman, it it heightens heightens the sort of... um, chaos or disappointment that we that was then heaped on her as she started to unravel right that like you can't go you go from from having just this intensely crafted kind of persona that you're trying to adhere to and then when the real you starts to break through or you can no longer kind of hold that weight that pressure stay inside that box you know you're judged even more critically because people are so mad that you're not upholding this expectation this you know of being together and and it and it definitely did not come out I mean certainly people probably felt a lot of care for Britney Spears but I just remember the public sort of spectacle around it was mocking and it was a spectacle and it wasn't about this poor girl like what have we done right it wasn't that way at all and how how do you remember those moments
1: oh yeah it was very very much covered as like look at what she's doing she's gone bananas like who is this person and there were so many things that felt like direct reactions to the way that she was being followed that even then like we didn't look at it at the time and go like ah yes like that makes sense um that she would be responding that way. I think things like some of the documentaries that have come out have helped give some context but you know just even thinking of obviously her very famously shaving her head and forgotten detail that, to me, then even really stuck out at the time was, you know, she was so used to having um, extensions in her hair constantly. And that was a big part of kind of like what she was saying about shaving her head, like she was, she was just tired of having all this stuff in her head, right. And so those things, it's like, yes, does it seem bananas to be doing it the way that she did it? Sure. But she's also not living a life that the rest of us are living. She is being followed around. She is you know, having people harass her. And, you know, at that point she had children and the paparazzi never stayed away even when she had these small, small children with her. And, you know, it's really only even in the last few years overall in terms of celebrity that there's been a real push to like kind of leave the children of celebrities alone. But at the time there was, you know, none of that. And it really felt like, yeah, like she was kind of picking up the mantle of like, you know, celebrity- acting out as a parent that, like, Michael Jackson dangling his son over balcony had, you know, kind of started. It, it was just, it really felt like it was just like, this is to be mocked. This is to be horrified by. This is to be looked at, like, mm, this person is not enjoying all the gifts of their success.
0: You can't separate what's happening to her from the fact that she's a woman and now a mother at this point. And so, one of the most kind of iconic images that seared into my mind is this video of her driving with her son on her lap, right, in the front seat of the car. And just the level of outrage that people had about this, right, when you get children involved or when people feel like, oh, my God, this person is creating an unsafe environment for their child, then it takes that sort of moral panic up a whole new level. And so, you know, you you start to see that, like, there's a certain new kind of tenor to the discourse um, about what kind of mother Brittany is capable of being, right? And again, no, like you said, there's no context, there's no compassion, empathy about, like, all that she's been through, all that she's been through so publicly. It's just this sort of, this scorn and repudiation. And again, just like we probably were not equipped to have, or certainly were not equipped to have a conversation about female sexuality and teenage sexuality and empowerment in the early 2000s, I don't think we were able to really talk very well about mental health and wellness and well-being. And, you know, so much has changed from then to now, especially with respect to our pop stars. You know, this is not at all the same thing, but I'm thinking about but it's similar, right? The theme is the same about Jay-Z coming out and talking about going to therapy, you know, last year, two years ago, right? And it's like, celebrities were not talking about therapy at the time. It just, you know, Jay-Z is one of the biggest rap stars. And, you know, I just think what a difference it could have made if then we were ready for someone like Britney Spears to say, hey, fans, I really need to step back and take time off leave me alone. I want to get myself together. There's stuff that I need to sort of go through. I just think, wow, you know, we just were not in that place. Um, I don't know. We just weren't. We just, the language wasn't there. Right? The culture wasn't there. And and so all of this, I think, really sets, it sets the scene. It sets the stage for then everything that's going on with her now and the conservatorship. Her father stepping in, her family stepping in, and really Britney disappearing from, you know, in many ways from that public spotlight. And I don't know, there's just, again, so much to unpack.
1: By and large, when the conservatorship was initially happening, I would say people thought it was weird, but also that it was probably necessary, like the way that her behavior had been covered and the way that it had been shown to us via the media, I think it really made the case in a way of like, oh, this is something that she needs, right? Not that we talk about conservatorships much, not that people understand much of what they are. But at the time, I would say that people really by and large saw it as like, yep, you know what, somebody does need to step in. And that also complicates the way that it all played out down the line.
0: This is a story about a girl named Lucky. We're going to take a break here. But if you want to hear more from Daisy and myself on another topic, check out our Waves Plus segment. Is this feminist? Where today we're debating whether the viral song Baby Daddy Free is feminist.
1: And please consider supporting the show by joining Slate Plus. Members get benefits like zero ads on any Slate podcast, no paywall to the Slate site, and bonus content of shows like Amicus, Slate Money, and of course this one. To learn more, go to slate.com forward slash
0: the waves plus. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... So fast forward to today, to now, to to the year of our Lord, 2022, and we're still talking about Britney Spears. We are yet again talking about Britney Spears. Motherhood is still an issue. Mental health still up there, right? And the media. These are themes that we just cannot seem to shake. And so again, Daisy, if you could give us the sort of like lay of the land, right? Britney Spears has been recently released from her conservatorship. How did we get there? And and what does this really mean for her?
1: So Britney Spears is out
0: of her conservatorship. And, you know, again, it still remains
1: kind of a tricky topic in the sense that her fans were able to use the pressure of the media to kind of help push the realities of her conservatorship to the front in a way that she had not been able to do on her own. What we've learned now is, you know, she didn't have control of her own, you know, social media. She, you know, had people speaking for her. She was being scheduled, like, way too much, you know. I mean, it just was all of this awfulness of the conservatorship, but then also it was social media and the way that fans were able to kind of connect and rally together that helped bring an end to this. So I think it's also created something of a double-edged sword for her. And this is one of the things I really appreciated about your article, Nicole, which of course we'll be linking to in the show notes. Um, You should absolutely read it if you're listening to this, but you know, it does, it becomes complicated when the fans themselves have been able to kind of use these mediums that have not been kind to her to help free her. And then, They are still really wanting to engage with her. And now we've also had her ex, Kevin Federline, as well as, um, you know, her sons actually speaking out in media or not even necessarily speaking out in the in the case of Kevin Federline, more like leaking audio of her talking to the kids um, in ways that feel both really intrusive. And as if like we have learned nothing from the larger conversations that we just had
0: about her in this whole situation, I guess what I'm thinking about now is like. What does it mean for someone who's, who at the time of like forming their identity, becoming who they are, you know, individuating and, you know, trying to figure out who am I and what's my voice, right? That at the time that Britney Spears was doing all of that, she was the most famous pop star in in America. And then you, her spotlight is really, and her voice, really, and her sense of autonomy and herself is taken away by her father, you know, under the the idea that it's for her own good and that she needs to get better and get well and get treatment and get help and right and there's some additional things going on, but then to all of a sudden get that back, right? To be to be now released and to be freed and to have this really adoring fan base on your side, who are primed also by these early experiences of hers with the media. So they already see her as a little bit, I mean, certainly not a little bit, but as a huge victim, right? That that she was victimized in the media, victimized by her father. And so it just really flattens this narrative or this experience that she's having that I think is extraordinarily complex into a story about you know, there's good guys, there's bad guys. Her dad is clearly trying to just take her money and take her away and put her away and lock her away. And she needs, she needs help. She needs to be saved, you know, hashtag free Britney Spears. I mean, that's, uh, can you imagine (laughs) what that might be like for someone to kind of go through and to be sitting in this sort of silent, sequestered space and thinking there are people out there on my side who seem to get it, you know i this connection that it fosters this i don't know this sense of um wanting to perform for them or with them or give something to them or i would imagine too that there's some amount of i mean desperation is the word that i used in my article right because so much of this feels like there's a lot of desperation right that that also this need for attention and the spotlight you know that was stoked and implanted in her i think from from being young and being a celebrity. So I just, it's just wow, right? And it's just so layered and so nuanced and so much going on there.
1: And that's where part of it gets so tricky for me in the sense of I think that for her, you know, not necessarily every single fan, but the fans that she really feel helped push the Free Britney movement to her, those are probably some of the only people, even though she doesn't know them individually, that she could trust on some level these last many years. And so that's got to be confusing. But I think in general, right, like, when we hear of like, a person that's been kept in a basement for 10 years, like, we wouldn't expect to want to like hear every detail about their recovery. And while these are not the exact same thing, it does feel like, okay, so she's out of this situation right now. That was deeply harrowing um, and really took away her autonomy in particular at a time when, you know, I think it's absolutely not uncommon for women to really be finding themselves more in their thirties. Right. So she's, she's kind of missed out on all of these things. And then The Internet was, you know, sometimes her only real lifeline to any support that kind of talked to her like a human. Um, But she's also in a situation where she's been, you know, abused by the medical system. You know, like if you have listened to any of the details of what she talks about in her conservatorship. You know, she talks about being forced to take all these different medications, being taught, being forced to go to therapy and different kinds of therapy that she didn't enjoy. So, you know, a lot of the things that somebody would probably suggest to someone coming out of a hugely traumatic situation are also things that she has baggage from and she needs the opportunity to heal from these things in ways that, you know, are good for her. But you already have these moments because of the types of things that she's posting online in particular uh, when she is not that clothed, let's say, where you have people commenting and saying things like, oh maybe she actually did need the conservatorship, right? like because her behavior doesn't, uh, you know, jibe with exactly what they're expecting. It's like, oh, well maybe it actually was worse off than we realized, but it was overall a traumatic situation. And people who are freshly out of or in the process of still kind of removing themselves and adjusting to life, uh, you know, after such a hugely traumatic thing, like their behavior does not tend to make sense to us, celebrity or not. Like if you've done any real reading about these things or, you know, people who have dealt with some of these issues, I mean, so much of the behavior that happens immediately after is... um you know, genuine reaction that doesn't necessarily come off likable to people. So it's already hard to me as someone watching this that knows that that's true for just the average person who gets no attention and then seeing that she's Also still going to have to try to figure out her place in the world in this very public way, knowing that we're not going to always have empathy for the things that don't make sense about it to us, even as it might just be part of the process that she's going to go through. And I mean, these to me all feel like things that we should not know, but we know them.
0: You know, this question of did she need the conservatorship or this this framing that we're all supposed to believe it was for her own good and now she's, look, like she's on social media half naked. And so obviously like this is, she's not well and she needs to go back in and all this stuff. I think it really conflates this bigger question that, that it seems like, no, I'm like, was anybody asking this? Because this feels like what needed to be asked is like, what does someone like Britney Spears in her position, what do they actually need? Right? Like, when you are an adult and you have a mental health issue and you're an adult and a celebrity and a woman, right, and you live in the society that we live in, who cares for you, right? How do you get, how do you access care and help that doesn't, you know, go so far to the extreme where her dad is like running her life and running her finances, right, and making her work, like, and forcing her to have an IUD against her? I mean, unspeakable things, right? It, clearly we could say and a court of law said okay this woman does not need this right but what does she need and and what responsibility do fans have in terms of like consuming or not consuming what gets put out like how do we talk about that and I think that that's something on a on a larger scale beyond Britney we have not really answered very well you know like I think a big big piece of it for me that just feels so under discussed is the fact that all of these people around here, the main agents in her life right now, kind of speaking out and publicly, I, I mean, I think really shaming her are men. They're her teenage sons, they're her ex husband. Her father really, it seems like, hasn't said that much, but we know that he was, you know, the, the man behind the conservatorship. And so, What does that mean? Right? It just feels so huge that even her teenage sons are like, I wish my mom would stop. And you kind of get it. Like, no teenager wants their mom overexposed and half naked on social media. But I think watching those leaked audio clips or those video clips of her, you know, having these fights with her kids, the thing that, again, really stood out to me was the level of disdain. The level of just there was it was seeped in misogyny that I just was like, these boys, they don't seem to have any respect for their mom. Right. It's like they're so frustrated with her. And I just think, oh, my goodness, you can't strip out the fact that, like, she's been kind of treated like a child. Right. Stripped of her on her own autonomy by her father And then she's got this ex-husband who's so vindictive to release, like, to kind of show that side. And we have no, no behind-the-scenes, deeper look at, like, what has been going on this whole time, right? Like, we have nowhere. we're we're, we're jumping into the story 10, 12 years later. And I just think, how unfair to her, right? How unfair.
1: These leaks by her ex-husband, you know, her son's talking to 60 Minutes Australia. For Sean Preston and Jaden, their very famous mum's very infamous conservatorship added to the confusion of being brought up as the children of divorced parents. Even today, Jaden believes his grandfather, Jamie Spears, only had good intentions for his daughter. At first, I mean, everyone is mostly hitting him for the conservatorship, right? But... I think at first he was just trying to be like any father, like pursue her daughter's dream of like being a superstar and working and going and all these uh, concerts and performing. But um, I think some people are just like ceasing to realize how much he cares about her. You know, it just it goes again to, you know, just feeling like, hey, that's a family issue. Godspeed. Like, I hope you all work it out. But I really don't feel like I should know a lot of these things. And that's something that has stuck with me, not just now, but, you know, always went back to even when the whole Chris Crocker leave Britney alone thing was happening was I felt at the time that like, some of her fans were realizing like, this is too much, but it wasn't that they wanted her to be fully left alone. Like, you know, as we mentioned, she had the extensions in her hair, she shaved her head. It just felt like a lot of them wanted her to get back to performing. And it was like, well, it seems to me like her cry for help might be actually even bigger than that. It's just really complicated. And I just feel like if we're going to act like we're learning these lessons about the way that she was treated during the aughts and by people like Perez Hilton. Then I just want us to keep asking ourselves if we're perpetuating that or not being as thoughtful of those things as we could be when we do see what's going on with her now.
0: Leave Brittany alone. Just come on. Um, we can all do our part. And maybe maybe one last thought I have about it all about how about why it's hard to do that is that when celebrities are also showing us, a more vulnerable kind of human side, right? They're showing a little bit of their tragedy and their breakdown, their truth. I think that there certainly are people out there who develop a sense of like identification with this celebrity, like whatever they're going through in their own life, they're like, look, like Britney Spears struggles, just like me, or Britney Spears has like a difficult relationship with her sons, just like me, or you know, her dad is an asshole, just like mine, right? It's like, whatever it is, you could take any facet of her life and kind of, you know, feel a connection or feel like maybe slightly relieved that you're not alone. And I think that that also makes, I just imagine that that also makes things hard, that like, we do kind of need, I think, a public face of how we get through tough times. Like, we do want that level of honesty, I think, from our celebrities, like, and to see that reflected because it's what's human. It's what, right? It's what's honest. This just doesn't quite feel like on her terms. It doesn't quite feel like in her control exactly. It just, you know, it's sort of leaking and bleeding out and it feels like a back and forth and like a feud. You know, I didn't want to leave without sort of saying like, in some ways I do get it. I do get why Britney Spears could be a really important public female figure to say, you know, I went through all of this stuff and and I'm okay. And, you know, here's how you do it. I don't quite think we're there yet, right? We're still kind of in the middle of it, it seems like. And it seems unclear how it's going to resolve or how it's going to play out. But, you know, I really do hope that it that it, it's for the best, that like there's some sort of big takeaway where we're like, oh, wow, maybe we we finally learned the lessons and and Brittany gets the help that she needs and she's able to kind of talk in a more coherent you know, put together way about uh, what she went through and and to make sure that nobody goes through something like this again.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you know, I just we immediately saw people saying, like, where's the new music? When is this going to happen? When is that going to happen? And I think if she ever gets to the point where she wants to do those things again, fantastic. But she might not. And I just think that we should, we have to be okay with it. We have to give her the grace that we say we want to give when we're looking at these larger issues, I think we have to just ask ourselves if we're applying it there. And yeah, it's like, I do follow her. I don't engage with like every post. Um, I like to, you know, personally in part because my job is related to covering popular culture. I keep an eye on it, but I also really, you know, just try to not have any judgment. And I do feel like, yeah, there are times where what she's putting out definitely feels like, oh, I'm I'm learning from this. This is a good example. And, you know, ultimately, it's like if she's going to put it out there, she's going to put it out there. There is also still something, I think, deeply infantilizing about being like, well, I, you know, shouldn't um, look at this because she, you know, doesn't know what she's doing. I think for me, it's less about that and more just felt like, yes, like having grace for those things. <laughs>
0: Before we head out, we want to give you some recommendations. Daisy, what are you loving right now?
1: Okay, I do feel a little silly about this, but I'm also going to own it. So I very much enjoyed the Netflix show Love is Blind, um, and they very recently put out Love is Blind after the altar. So that's essentially us revisiting the people that were on the show last year And, you know, kind of seeing what has happened to them since the people who actually got married and how that played out, the people who did not get married and how that played out. Um, And I love updates like this. I just find it interesting, especially just hearing people talk about, you know, what it has been like, because it's also been like their year of fame, right? Like their year of actually being a known entity and, you know, their relationship or lack of a relationship being the thing that everyone knows about them. So uh, it was a very fun watch to get all of those um, people together. It was also funny because, again, as someone who follows popular culture, both for joy and for work, I already knew what happened with some of these couples. And then like what was actually happening in the episodes, both made sense and in some cases did not make sense to what I actually knew. (laughs) Um, So it was just kind of a fun funny watch. Um, I appreciated seeing them still hanging out. Love is
0: Blind um, after The Altar is available on Netflix now. Nice. And I think, let's see, I'm also going to recommend a TV show that I'm really enjoying. So I'm watching right now House of the Dragon that follows the Targaryen family. I think it's like almost 200 years before Daenerys becomes queen or is, you know, around on the scene blowing stuff up. I haven't read anything about what the critics think of this show. It's definitely different than the previous kind of Game of Thrones. It kind of it lacks in some ways I think a little bit of the character development and just these exquisite personalities that were crafted. But why I'm loving it is that I think at its core it's a really kind of show that's about feminism. And that's, you know, there are two female characters, formerly friends, and they now have a new kind of social arrangement. I don't want to give it away, but, um, you know, who are trying to figure out about, you know, power and respect and, you know, who can be queen and namesakes and all of that really good stuff. And I just think, you know, it's interesting. And I'm, I'm, kind of enjoying watching this. It's a little soapy, maybe, like a little kind of drama. It's sexy. There's, you know, what you would expect from the sort of Targaryen family, if you know what I mean. And so there's just, there's some stuff. And so that that's my recommendation right now. I think it's, it's layered and kind of nuanced and I'm enjoying it. That's our show this week. The Waves is produced by Shana Roth. Shannon
1: Paulus is our editorial director. Alicia Montgomery is vice president of audio. I, Daisy Rosario, am our senior supervising producer of audio.
0: We'd love to hear from you. Email us at thewaves@slate.com. And The Waves will be back next week. Different
1: hosts, different topic, same time and place.